0: and I know that you were once a uh, police officer. I was part of a special task force of very young looking cops who infiltrated high schools. How do you do, fellow
1: kids? What?
2: The weekly pseudo-academic pop culture analysis roundtable with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-host
3: Wayne Wise. How's it going, Wayne? I'm good. How are you?
2: Um, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm it's I'm hot good, today
3: <laughs> good in the relative sense. I mean, yeah. we've, we've redefined that term in the last five months or so.
2: Yeah, we'll just, you know, as we said yeah. on previous shows, we were, were in the aftertimes. You know, the world's very different than it used to be. Uh, it's very hot. It was very cold and rainy the last couple of days because, you know, hurricane or something, because on top of pandemics and racial violence and protests and an idiot for a president, we had to have a hurricane. So (laughs) um, let's see. Well, just me and you today, because Hannah and Katya are both busy and though alive, not not swept away in a hurricane. It it, it hit more where Hannah lives, but she's fine. So um, so since they're not here, time to do a Riverdale show, right? Yeah,
4: pretty much. much. (laughs) Riverdale,
2: the best show on television. Absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely, Absolutely. Without a doubt, every one Mm -hmm. of us agrees. No no, No one contradicting that. Well, it is sort of a Riverdale show, though, kind of, kind of a little bit. And this is this has to do thematically. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's not just Riverdale. So if you're no, if you're not no. a Riverdale fan, don't tune out because we got right, we right. got something going on. This has to do with something that on our, one of our very first shows, you made a joke that I thought we're doing a show on that one day which is you talked about watching Welcome Back, Cotter as a kid. And here we are two years later. <laughs> yeah, you talked about watching Welcome Back, Cotter and you said you were of the same age they were.
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm the old guy in the podcast but yeah, the, the year that premiered, they were supposed to be freshmen and if I'm not mistaken, that was the year I was a freshman. In high school. In high school. And yet? And it was obvious to me that they were all like 35. Yes. <laughs> and they were, I looked it up, they're actually a little bit younger, but yeah, yeah, but they look real old <laughs> yeah. compared to myself and my classmates at that time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: So, you're supposed to be 14, and you've got 27 year olds playing 14 year olds, and it doesn't look right. <laughs> um, but it's common, this happens on a lot of shows, yeah. And this happened for me, you know, I'm I'm a little younger than you because I'm, you know, nice and spry and, and, and youthful. Yeah. So for yes. me, it was like the Saved by the Bell kids. I was uh, Saved by the Bell and um, 90210. Both of them were uh, were supposed to be the same age as me. And the Save by the Bell kids actually were the same age as me, roughly the 90210 kids we're not and no. we're clearly not <laughs> um, I, I remember
3: i remember jokes at the time about luke perry rip yeah, uh, yeah. and and riverdale mm-hmm. um but I, I remember that being a thing at the time like you know people believe he's 16 really you know he mm-hmm. has crow's feet <laughs> uh, I, I, Well, so we want to talk about the phenomenon
2: of casting older people on shows to play younger people, particularly on shows. Well, less so with Welcome Back, Cotter, definitely more so with Riverdale and 90210 and a lot of shows like that where they're heavily sexual dramas you know there's a lot of mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of hooking up on these shows and I, I started realizing you know it seems it seems to me like maybe one of the things that you get away with when you cast a 20 year old a 25 year old a 30 year old to play 15 is it's a little less creepy when yeah. you have the sex scene
3: yeah there there's a lot of sex between 15 year old sophomores on riverdale
2: yes So to talk about this, we had to get to we had to get a panel of experts, as always. So I want to welcome several people to the show. We got three guests today. It's a lot, especially since we're missing our other two hosts.
3: It takes a lot to replace Hannah Hannah, and, and Katya.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So first. I want to welcome Carolyn Salvi. Hey,
5: Carolyn. Hi. Nice to meet you all. <laughs> hey, Hi,
2: Carolyn. Um, and you? Uh, so <laughs> you were recommended by one of our our frequent guests, Maron Langsner. You you did your um, your PhD with him, correct?
5: Sort of. Uh, Marone was in the theater department. I was in the English department, but working on theater. So, you know, we needed to to bond that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So I did my Ph.D. at Tufts University in the English department. And my dissertation focuses on depictions of adolescents on the American and British stage. And Perfect. (laughs) And w- why? Why would we care about <laughs> yeah. why theater has things to say about what adolescence is and means culturally?
2: Yeah, and having you know, I I, I went there I read some of your dissertation. And I think it's going to fit in. It's going to come up in a couple times because you do talk about you know the seductive aspect of it.
5: Yes, uh, <laughs> th- th- to 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 try and give the uh, polite elevator pitch. A central question of my dissertation was, why do we assume that sexual knowledge and intellectual knowledge are the same thing? And what happens when we conflate those two when they're in fact really separate processes?
2: Perfect. And I want to introduce the other two guests together. So um, Mar- Wayne Marone's now basically our booking agent because every time we post a call for comments, he's like, I know somebody. I'm like, perfect. He's <laughs> we like, need, can I, we need to my friend. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, makes producing really easy. Um, so he recommended we have Jess Michael Davis and Colin Kelly Sordelet. The two of you are both starring in a movie that uses this phenomenon
1: hey guys what's up hey
3: how are you it's a pleasure to be on the show (laughs) welcome yeah glad to have you so so what's your movie
6: um well jess and i have been working on a project called escaping ohio uh i'll let jess speak a little bit more about it as she is the writer but we are playing two teens about 17 18 years old discovering kind of their want to leave ohio and and uh, broaden their uh, horizons, so to speak.
3: That's a, that, that's a very understandable goal. <laughs> Please tell me before we go any farther that neither of you were freshmen of the year. Welcome back, Cotter, premiered. (laughs) No, I can definitely say I was not a freshman. That's good.
1: good (laughs) So Escaping Ohio is a short film about JJ and Sam, uh, two 18-year-olds in a small Ohio town who have been best friends since they can remember. But when Sam is ready to escape to the West Coast, JJ has 24 hours to convince her to stay and tell her how he really feels.
2: That is spoken like somebody who's written marketing copy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
3: Yeah, see, I told her she was going to do it better. I <laughs> so, so what? What part of Ohio are you trying to escape from?
1: Um, so I'm from Akron, Ohio, okay. but specifically a smaller town called Ellet. That's just like a real shitty place.
2: Okay. <laughs> oh, no, and no, and we, we have yeah, so many listeners from Ellet, Ohio. So you yeah. ruined
1: just <laughs> I mean, honestly, they probably know it's shitty. They just don't. They don't leave it. <laughs>
3: I'm from Lorain, Ohio, so it's not... Oh,
2: that's I, right. Yeah,
1: that's I know right. the area. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I have relatives in Ravenna. So
1: Okay, I, yeah. I'm aware of these places, yeah.
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> Much, so. nicer. But, okay, so... But neither of you are actually 17.
1: <laughs> Thank well, God, no.
6: <laughs> God, I'm really happy I'm not 17 anymore. But yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: no, not 20s. Okay. <laughs> early, early mid 20s.
2: So aside from the fact that you wrote the movie in, in Jess's case, why did you cast yourself?
1: Uh, um, well, I just felt like the characters were very similar to us. Um, me and Colin actually met just right, right before writing this. Um, Mm -hmm. So I already wrote him with him in mind.
4: Okay. Um,
1: But I wrote it based on like who he is as a person and other characters I've seen him play. Um, And I just I don't know. I could see him playing that age and I could see myself playing that age. And just the relationship between the two characters was something that felt authentic to ourselves.
6: Mm hmm. Yeah, I would say, like, when we first started, uh, you know, talking and, and, and especially discussing Escaping Ohio, I think there was just kind of a very natural, uh, banter between the two of us. And it, it felt like that would very, uh, very much be appreciated in the film. And I think, I think that, uh, with Jess writing us in mind, it made it so much easier to have new ideas and, uh, be able to, you know, apply that.
2: Makes sense. So well we'll start from that direction though. Does it seem weird, and Colin, cause you said, oh God, no. Neither are you seventeen. Does it does it seem weird being a seventeen year old? So cause here's what I'm wondering. Like Wayne, you talked about it. It seemed weird to you being fourteen and watching these twenty-something year olds pretend they were you.
3: Mm-hmm. But but they, I, they, I mean, they, and they—they they were mostly really obviously older. I mean, you know, some people right. can, can pass better than others. Like the actress who plays Josie on, on Riverdale um, is thirty who yeah, she, when they yeah, started. She, yeah, she, she's she, like thirty-three she, now, but she looks like she's fifteen. You know I mean, like she mm-hmm. she can get away with it more than most of the people on that cast. And she's actually younger. The, than, yeah, who are younger? Yeah, than she's her. actually one of the older people there. Yeah, so you know, there are people who can do it and pull it off and and make a, a career out of out of that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I guess it depends on who's doing it on whether or not it pulls me out of it. Like with Riverdale, I get the reasons behind it and the show is just, you know, since it's the best show on TV, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> uh, objectively. Objectively. Yes. Yeah, everybody says uh, yes. Yeah. See, um, but, I, but I, you know, it, it, I would probably depend on the, the types of characters. Like, there was uh, a Netflix show I watched, Matt, you and I have talked about this coming of age show called Sex Education that has yes, Julianne Anderson. in it. Mm-hmm. And you know, most of the actors in it, it's a high school, most of them look and feel like actual high school kids to me. There's one or two who are probably older, but also the types of characters they play, it, it's okay. And I think if I saw any of the cast of Riverdale on that show, it would completely pull me out of the reality of it, comparing them to the other actors and actresses on that show.
2: Um, Well, the leads on that show are 23 and 24 right now. Yeah. I mean, their their characters are sophomores, but they're...
3: Right. But they, for the most part, they they all seem much younger than mm-hmm. they are.
2: As opposed to the guy who played Epstein on on right. Welcome Back, Cotter, who looked far older than he even actually was.
3: Yeah, <laughs> right. He yes. really did look 35 and him more than the others. Yeah. Um, so,
2: so well, so, so, Jess, um, then, I well, mean, you you're casting yourself do you f- yeah. <laughs> so i mean i'll put pictures in the, i'll put pictures in the um in the, oh, in, the in, in the show notes but absolutely oh, wow. well do i get
4: approval <laughs>
2: no. want, i i would have i would have just used some used one of your headshots but sure <laughs> i mean do do you guys feel like you like you look 20 something or uh, something teen
1: i think that we look like the actors who play the teens on the same show,
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> is what I'm going to say. Um, I think that Colin definitely has a young look, and I think that, I mean, I think I can go either way, but um, especially, I mean, I have really chubby cheeks, and I'm only just now growing into them. Like, I looked so young, like, I looked like I was 10 when I was in high school. So I'm finally getting, like, normal cheekbones to where I'm thinking, like, I'm younger. So <laughs> You act like
2: you've had like a head transplant. (laughs) (laughs) They're
1: they're still your cheeks. But like there's just I don't know. There it's something in my family. Like we just grow into our cheeks like ever since birth. (laughs) Like did you did you were you like born with the enormous chubby cheeks
0: and then like the rest of you like Uh Okay, okay, yeah. i I, I
1: got got on my shoulders.
3: Okay, this is gonna be completely off topic, but I I watched a documentary on the go-go's last night. Belinda (laughs) Carlisle, when she was like twenty, had these big cheeks chubby cheeks, and she looked really, really young at that time, I and mean, you know, she was she was nineteen twenty whatever, but you know, she had those really cute chubby cheeks and they're interviewing her now when she's in her forties you know, fifties, however old she is, and yeah, like suddenly she no longer had it's not suddenly it's been thirty years <laughs> <laughs> like noticeably it's like huh th- those those puffy cheeks aren't there anymore
4: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> waiting for that. To-
3: I'm sorry, that's completely off topic. It's just, it's fresh in my mind since I just watched that. Well,
6: funny <laughs> enough, I've actually, I've heard a thing where uh, Tom Cruise, when he's supposed to like play like a younger role, would eat a lot of junk food to kind of puff himself up and get like huh. a younger puffy kind of look. I have no, I have to back check that. I have no idea if that's true or not, but I've heard it. It, so, doesn't, I
2: it doesn't work. Tom Cruise looks exactly the same in his movie from last year as he did in Risky Business. Yeah.
6: He's, he's not <laughs> aged at <laughs> all. I know they're making Top Gun 2 and they might as well be like a year apart
3: from each other (laughs) he's bathing in the blood of the rest of the the scientologists (laughs) yeah scientology (laughs) will do that to (laughs) you
2: huh
3: i mean no no, nobody's seen dermot Mulrooney in ages i mean come on
2: there was a a, there's an interview for top gun uh, top gun me top gun maverick um where there's um where um they they interviewed Kelly McGillis, who's not in she's not in the sequel. And I, and I actually agree with her point, which is like, well, I aged like a like woman. They don't they don't let older women have parts in Hollywood, which I agree is a problem. And mm-hmm. she's like, apparently Tom Cruise is not allowed to have a relationship with an age appropriate woman. and 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 I. And I agree with her in principle except that Tom Cruise is like a decade older than Jennifer Connelly who's going to play his love interest in the in the new movie and she looks way too old for him. Tom Cruise should be dating a 19 year old cuz I I don't believe he's I just don't think he's old enough to drink. I mean like I know I've been I watching him on television. Should, I mean but
0: map like let's be super clear. Nobody should date Tom Cruise. No no no, no well, not Tom Cruise right. the person. Well, he should
2: be banned Tom, yeah, the yes. right, well. No, a character played by Tom Cruise. I, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I'll, I'll be clear. with that. yes, I i don't wish that on anybody i've heard katie holmes stories uh, but, uh next week's guest tom cruise uh, but,
0: <laughs> no, uh, but you, you can't jump on your couch because it's a podcast
2: oh, so i would that would make that would make the show so much more popular <laughs> but, it would, it would um but yeah i mean it is a thing though like um Jess, you said you said it's like um, you said you look as old as the people who play 20 some <laughs> teens on those shows. And I think that's really the point, because um, I, I was um, I tried an experiment. If you for the photo that I used for the call for comments for this episode, I was I, I was just feeling bored and I wanted to um, bust out my Photoshop skills. So I made this giant photo. Um, I it. Yeah. Which has just various actors from various teen dramas and sitcoms over the last 40 years. And I was talking with my mother, um, who's obviously, you know, an older woman. And I asked her, you know, how many of the shows she'd seen and she, you know, she'd seen a couple of them, um, from, you know, from decades ago, she hasn't watched one recently because unlike, you know, unlike the 14 year old girls that
3: Wayne and I are, um, she doesn't watch, she doesn't watch teen I, dramas. I, I, I'm not a 14 year old girl in real life, but I play one on this podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um and she, and she said, she goes, um, well, honestly, they all look like teenagers to me. And she's like, I know they're not because I know how old like she remembers when Welcome Back Cotter was on. She 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 knows how old they really are, but she's like, Yeah, they look they look believably like teenagers. And I was like, Really? And she's and she pointed out that, you know, as a woman in her sixties, she, you know, just Anybody that much younger than her looks really young. So I did like kind of an experiment. I called my niece, who's 14. And I said, um, I just want you to go through these people and tell me which ones are really teenagers. And she's like, I don't know who any of these people are. And then she's like, no, I know those <laughs> kids. I, I, she knew the kids from Stranger Things. And hmm. she's and 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 my 14 year old niece got most of them right a friend of mine has a 13 year old son. He got, he missed a few more than my niece did, but he got most of them, right? Um, my mother was like, they're all teenagers. I don't know. Um, and then I asked, um, I asked a couple of eight year olds, um, eight-year-olds and a four-year-old, and it's just random. It's just random guessing. I don't know. They look old. They they, they have they they, they they that looks like a teenager. That looks like a teenager. That person looks old. That looks and they were completely random. The only one that um like that was really interesting was my nephew who's four. Um, he was doing it at the same time as his sister who's eight. And um, and they got to the facts of life, and they're and my niece says they're all they're all grown ups. None of them are um, teenagers. Actually, no. When they filmed facts of life, all four of them were actually teenagers. But she's like, they're none of them are teenagers. And then my nephew, who's four, says, no, she is. And he points to Tootie and, and, and he says, she's really a teenager. The others are grown ups. And he's like, well, why do you say that? And she's like, because she's got braces and teenagers don't have braces and grown ups don't. <laughs> and, and that's how that's how he could tell. He could. Kim Fields had real braces at the time. And and to them, that meant teenager. But other than that, they were just randomly guessing. Oh, and then every kid. Oh, knew that
0: is innocent, unassailable logic.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and his mom, uh, my sister-in-law was there. I could hear her in the background cause we were on FaceTime and she says, um, she says, Well, some grown-ups have braces. And he turns around and says, No, braces are for teenagers. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that, that was that's his logic. And I was like, and and you know, to be fair, he's right. She was like 16 in that picture. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, and, so I, was,
3: guess, I guess one of the questions then is when you, you're talking about actors, at what age is it possible to do that? Because I mean the stranger stranger things kids, like they need to be 12, 13 and obviously 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. But, you know, two years later, three years later, you can have someone who's in their 20s playing a 15 or 16 year old. Like you. What what level of puberty is appropriate? I don't know if appropriate is the right word, but like our perceptions of that, like we Unbelievable. would be really weird out. Mean, yeah. Yeah. We'd be it, re- weirded it, out if we saw the sweat hogs in Stranger Things. <laughs>
6: yeah, definitely.
0: So, so I am a parent to a six-year-old and her school is kindergarten through eighth grade. And there are eighth graders that you're like, yes, of course you are going to high school next year. And there are (laughs) eighth graders where you're like, are you sure? (laughs)
4: Sure, <laughs> yeah, 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 i yeah. gotta
0: say i mean like there's one of the places where gender makes a difference statistically yeah. girls hit adolescence earlier boys later so the mm-hmm. eight, the eighth grade girls mm-hmm. like yes of course you're going to be a freshman next year and the eighth grade boys you're like no you're yeah. still I, you're I'm- still tiny right they just haven't <laughs> even grown yet yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so part of what's really interesting about Stranger Things is that cohort is all about the same age.
2: Mm-hmm. There's a um, three year, three year age difference from the oldest to the youngest. I think.
0: Yeah, so but one of um, so Finn Wolfhard and Millie Bobby Brown mm-hmm. are I like a, think the like a year age. apart. They're like a year apart yeah, like, like, or like year? nine months,
2: not even a year. Yeah
0: and I can't remember which one is older and which one is younger
2: um, I think Finn's slightly older, but I'm not sure. I looked it up before and I don't remember. Okay. I want to say, uh, I want to say Finn's a few months older, but you know, they're roughly the same students,
0: age. One of my students did a, a presentation on this in one of my pop culture classes. It's really interesting to watch, not just how the the show, the franchise treats them, but how the fan base treats mm-hmm. them and how they and their agents are marketing them so mm-hmm. that, Finn Wolfhard is just like this kid and Millie Bobby Brown has immediately started entering into this sort of sexualized mm-hmm. uh, fame and fashion and makeup. space.
3: She's got a beauty product line. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and um where finn is playing the same character in every movie then yes,
0: yes. <laughs> and of course we have to recognize that the market and what we want out of female stars is pushing millie bobby brown into that in a way that it's mm-hmm. not for finn wolfhard but she also gets a lot of push back where people are like oh she's way too young to be doing this i mean it reminds me a lot of the the infamous miley cyrus Annie Leibovitz Vanity Fair photo shoot as Miley. The one where she's creepy. making out with her dad? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. oh. uh, <laughs> it's part of the shoot, yeah. It's Billy's in a couple of the them, show, and, it's, but, and it's creepy. But, but, yeah. So the,
0: the, the, the picture from that shoot that got the most attention was the cover shoot, the cover mm-hmm. photo, right? Which is Miley looks very, very young, and she's naked with a sheet wrapped around her, mm-hmm. but, but performing this, like, household just got out Um, of, you know, a porn set. Expression yeah.
3: and Brooke Shields in the late '70s, early '80s, pretty yeah, baby, pretty baby. Yeah. You know, Brooke yeah. Shields is what seven years old or whatever.
2: <laughs> she's a little older, but
3: she's. she's I mean, adolescent.
2: I think, yeah, and and that's kind of a problem. It's, it's so. I'm going to move into Carolyn's dissertation a little bit and your research because one of the problems I wrote an article, but me, I'll, I'll link this in the show notes. An article I wrote about Millie Bobby Brown. There was this uproar where people got really upset because W magazine votes Millie Bobby Brown sexiest woman alive or something like that which was not true they did not do that what happened was there was an article about Millie Bobby Brown She, it wasn't even about Millie Bobby Brown it was about 20 different actors and the article was titled the 20 hottest new stars on television or something like that and by hot they did not mean sexy by hot. They, they meant, meant popular. These are new stars. Watch out for them. And it's very clear when you read the article that that's what they mean by hot. So the people who were complaining about it were the only ones who were actually sexualizing her. They 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 didn't they didn't say she was sexy at all. They were just like everybody should watch Stranger Things. She was 12 at the time, <laughs> you know, 12 or 13 years old. Right. And it it's sort of weird because, yes, there is. There is an inclination to sexualize her, even if you're only sexualizing her in order to defend her. But also, you know, if you look at pictures of her when she's not playing the character of Eleven from Stranger Things, like if you just look at pictures of her in her daily life, well, she's like 16 now, but she was a 13 year old girl who liked dressing up and playing make like you like you'd watch her pose for the camera. And she was clearly having a sexuality about her that was age appropriate for a 13-year-old girl. You know, it's not like she was unaware of what she was doing. She was trying to look, you know, hot or what what her idea of it was.
0: Well, and why are we punishing her? Why are we freaking out right. about her doing exactly what the entire industrial entertainment complex Has taught girls they need to do to get approval Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. why because because then we can we can disavow teenage sexuality (laughs) Mm -hmm. we can say oh my god exposing teenagers to sexual content makes them sexualize themselves rather than paying attention to how the adults in charge sexualize them Mm -hmm. it allows us to focus on teenage sexuality as a problem opposed to the things that teenagers report are actually problems for them um mm-hmm. yes relationship problems are a problem but that is not at the top of the list of most actual teenagers i know mm-hmm. example
2: and she wasn't and and, and and again she wasn't like I, said, when, I when i say she was sexualized she was wearing a cute top and posing with her hand on her hip, just like because she thought it looked good in a picture. She looked like a twelve-year-old girl because she was, you know, it was it was fine. I, w- I want to talk about like the opposite end of that, though, because what do you do when? You no, know, see, twelve was a bit young, but she does have that kiss in the show. What do you do when you have when you're trying to do a show about you know a show uh, or a movie? Um, like the one that that Jess and Colin are in when you 're talking about teenagers that you want to pretend or that you want to pretend are children, but you want to tell a sexualized story right um or not even sexualized, just even romantic people sort of freaked out about the kisses and stranger things, um particularly the the ones with max and lucas the um mm-hmm. because the actress. Uh, said that, well, that was my first kiss. And people were like, well, how dare they force her to kiss? And she was like, I wasn't saying they forced me. I took the role. You know, just, I was nervous about it because it was my first kiss. And, and frankly, even if it's not your first kiss, actors get nervous about, in, about romantic scenes. It, it's a thing. You know, you're kissing somebody in front of a camera crew. It's weird. Oh, definitely. You know, so like, like I understand why. Yeah, I understand why she was nervous about it. And she mentioned that and you're we like, "Well, you're you know, you're sexualizing this young girl." And I'm like, "Young girl? She's 16. 16-year-olds kiss people sometimes. It's a thing, right?" But I think that if you're going to do I mean, first episode of Riverdale, you have Archie fucking his teacher, you know, like that's, that's, that's like in the opening, the opening scene. And he's a
3: freshman that year.
2: He's a freshman that year. And, or I think it's, or is it after his freshman? I don't know. He's, he's like, the character is 14 or 15. Yeah. And the teacher is 20, is 25. And, you know, they wanted to tell that story, but it would have been weird if they'd cast a real 15-year-old.
3: If Finn Wolfhard had been playing the part, it would have been a very good show. God, no. Right, right, right.
0: Well, so then I think there's this really important dynamic at play, okay, which is that in pop culture or sometimes middle brow culture, right? And we could define middle brow culture as like pop culture that wants to be high culture.
3: Mm -hmm. Like this show. <laughs> I'm sorry. We no, use that big was, words, that, yeah. That was, that
0: was lovely. That was fun. Um, there's a real difference in meaning and of the meanings that we attach to shows about teenagers that teenagers are going to consume, or cultural mm-hmm. texts yes. about teenagers that teenagers are going to consume, and cultural texts about teenagers that are going to be consumed by adults.
3: Right. We talked this, about this some on a previous show. The whole idea that coming of age stories are not for the are not for the age group who are actually coming of age, They're
2: for the age Remember, group the people who wrote it,
3: Yeah. remembering yeah, for, what it was right, like to yeah. come of age.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'd love to come back around to that and like hear a little bit from Colin and Jess about what it's like to write and act as eighteen when you are no yeah. longer that age. I think that <laughs> would be a really interesting dynamic to add here. Mm-hmm. But, but basically, when when a, t- a cultural text right, like a television show Whether we're talking about Stranger Things or Riverdale, we pretty much know, right, because of the demands of capitalism that you want as broad an audience for that as possible. So you're going to have both teenagers and adults, as with you Riverdale fans, watching those Mm -hmm. shows (laughs) and consuming them. And the stories that we tell about teenagers in those contexts are much more romanticized, often much more eroticized.
4: Mm-hmm. Often,
0: much more nostalgic. They they very mm-hmm. much do the thing of like casting high school as the best years of your life, which
2: <laughs> they are not.
0: They are not for <laughs> most people I know. Um,
2: they are. But, that's sad. Uh, I, I have a better
3: <laughs> high school experience than lots of people, and I would in no way say it's my best years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's really hard to actually have your best years when you have that little. You still have that little autonomy for your yeah. life.
2: Mm-hmm. But I had wait. rock hard abs, and and no, I didn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 yeah, I did. I was dancing thirty hours a week, training as a ballerina. But still, like, I
2: yeah. actually, yeah, well, you know, you're actually, you say that, I was like, well, actually, wait, no, I was playing soccer and track at that point, and basketball, not just for fun. Yeah, I actually probably did look pretty good, but I don't have that anymore um, my life was not like riverdale is what i'm saying i would, yeah. I, I would have loved it to
0: that, work you would be a much more screwed up adult right uh, um,
2: I don't, that would be hard I, i'm
3: a single person murdered during prom so <laughs> not even not, not, not one
0: good sign oh, man. yeah um but the stories that adults tell each other mm-hmm. about teenagers Are much more fraught, much more likely to be stories in which the teenager is a symbol of fear Mm -hmm. around whom cultural anxieties coalesce rather than the sort of like titillating. Oh, aren't they hot and sexy that you get in like Riverdale, which is also interesting. When we think about if you did have sex in high school, it probably wasn't the best sex you ever had in your life. I certainly hope people's sexual experiences don't peak (laughs) in high school. So the way <laughs> we are about fill it and eroticize the adolescent in those kinds of shows is really strange and. Mm-hmm. Indicates a lot of things that are not based on actual memory or actual experiences of adolescence.
2: Well, that goes back. I mean, Jess and Collins again. I mean, that's your movie, right? So, I mean, I guess not that I mean, you are not writing porn, but still, I mean, you are writing a no. you are writing a romance essentially, right? Like from the
1: yeah, time. I mean, it's it's a adventure rom com, mm-hmm. um, but it's not. It's sweet, you know. Like the most you are gonna see is maybe a kiss, um, but it's nothing like. I don't know. I have to admit that I haven't really seen Riverdale. Um,
2: You're missing out. It's the best show on television.
1: <laughs> so I've heard. So I've heard. heard. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or you can watch uh, Sabrina if you just want like the campy gothic to retreat to from the horror of the real world.
1: <laughs> Same creative team.
0: Sorry, Jess. I didn't mean to interrupt.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. Going into the like writing about, you know, 18 year olds when I'm not 18. I mean, I definitely think that I have more of a perspective then. Like I was, you know, I wasn't in touch with my emotions. I wasn't um, I didn't really know myself as well when I was 18 years old. I was still figuring shit out. Um, So I think it's easier to kind of look back and make sense of it now. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I'm, I mean, I'm still a Figuring that shit out.
4: But, uh, <laughs> doesn't stop. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you know, that, that's ongoing.
1: Exactly. Um. Yeah. Our. Uh, we are putting a twist of our own on the movie, where you know, high school was definitely not the peak. At least for the girl, she has a more worldly view, and you know, once has dreams and doesn't want to, you know, have the best years of her life be in the past and just settle. She wants to continue to grow and you know, explore the world um but what was I saying oh but when you were talking about like using the characters as kind of like a symbol of something I feel like that is something that maybe sometimes I write things and I don't really know why, and then I have to go back and analyze. <laughs> like it just kind of comes out as vomit from yeah. whatever I'm feeling. <laughs> that's and then that's the
3: creative process. That's, like, that's, oh, that's, that's
1: the yeah. What's the deep deeper meaning in that?
3: Yep, that that's the creative process.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, well, I, I mean, I'll let Colin speak on this a little bit too because he says, I don't know. I feel like I vomited it out, and then he makes sense of it. <laughs> I,
6: well, I don't know. I feel like oftentimes it's the the reverse. I feel like you're often more eloquent but um I mean I will say like in regards to like sometimes casting of these kinds of characters and and being uh, a little bit older like I've spent most of my career auditioning and, and playing teenage characters um you know I started professionally acting at 17 and then by the time I was like in my 20s I was doing a lot more like sixteen year old characters. Um and I think oftentimes
2: Actually yeah. were you were you playing seven year olds at seventeen or were you playing like thirteen year olds at seventeen?
6: Younger, it was playing like fifteen. It's always kind of scaled down. Um I've always okay. had a little bit of a baby face. I actually was seen by the writers and producers of Riverdale for three of the different characters, Mm -hmm. um, which I've never actually seen the show. So maybe I'm a little, uh, watch it. Best show on television. uh, You know, I I keep hearing that. I think, I think there must be something to it. I got to check it out. Um, but I think also so much of it does come back to, you know, the subject matter itself, like something like Riverdale, where it's way more hyper-sexualized and a little bit more, uh, kind of true crime kind of elements involved. You want, you want a group of actors that are going to be able to represent that, but then also mm-hmm. be able to have some of the emotional context that comes with that. And so much of that just comes with experience in life that you, mm-hmm. you, when you're 17, 18 years old, you don't know how to fucking empathize with people sometimes. Like you can barely understand why you feel the way you do, let alone <laughs> why, a, why a character might feel that way. And yeah. so sometimes mm-hmm. having, you know, people that are a little bit older, can bring actually way more nuance to that mm-hmm. time. And, and whereas like something like, like stranger things, where it is a little bit more, uh, kind of. Tapping into that 1980s kind of Spielberg nostalgic element where it was like actual kids like running around and thinking about riding your bike as a kid. You want to see that exemplified as like teenagers and then Mm -hmm. why it's so weird having these kisses between like Millie Bobby Brown and Finn Wolfhard. I honestly think the weirdest one is in season three when they're like super hyper sexualized and you're watching these like two Actual fourteen year olds like making out, and you're just kind of like, uh, I don't know, how, see, I don't. Know. And, and, and yeah, see,
1: I agree with that. Well,
2: but see, that's where it's weird, right? Like, part of it is it is a little weird that you know they're. I mean, I guess they're by season three, they're probably fifteen. They can't drive yet, but they, you know, they're clearly in teenage bodies, and like basically their day is you know get over to her house, lock her dad out of the room, and like just lay on the bed and make out. Which was exactly what I did when I was fifteen with my girlfriend. that was my life. I mean, it was completely accurate. Oh, good, nobody's nobody's around. Let's suck face. That's that was the hobby, right? So, like, I, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think it's wrong. I think it is no. the most accurate thing. But like, the the weirdness of it is, you know, we're a bunch of adults peeping in on this, right? Like, that's yeah. The, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm walking
6: on my little brother or sister. Yeah
2: yeah.
4: yeah,
3: yeah. Well, and so it's, seen, and and we've seen them for a couple of years where they were younger, so it's mm-hmm. right. It's hard for us as viewers to grow with them. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Maisie Williams Game of Thrones thing that we talked about. Yeah, where,
2: well, I should mm-hmm. get that's a that was a comment. Link, who's you know, regular listener of our show, has been on the show, you know, he and I had a conversation when Maisie Williams's character um, Arya Stark, you know, on the last season of game of thrones there's a point where the grand battle is coming the battle to end all battles and it will start tomorrow the night king is coming we're all gonna die we're all gonna die and Arya looks around as everybody's getting drunk, and she literally says, "You know, well, if we're all gonna die tomorrow, I would like to fuck. You know, <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> I want to I, I know what this is all about." And she like finds the kid that has had a crush on her since they were fourteen, and she's like, "We're gonna die, so you know, let's go have some sex." And he's like, "Well, don't you want to? Like, I don't want to talk." sex right now you enter you out because I'm gonna find somebody else so they go off and they have sex and like the internet lost its mind
4: <laughs> yeah and a lot of the internet was just like oh this is
2: horrible you know we're watching this person and I'm like the character is like 21 the actress is like 23 she's allowed it's not weird yeah. and then and, and people were like well yeah but it's like watching my little sister and you know i've been watching her grow up and i'm like and i am like you've watched her kill 247 people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and that's when she was 14 I, I have i have a little sister she has two children i assume that she's had sex i did not i was not in the room but i but i'm pretty sure that that's how that happened she probably as far as I know, pe- she's killed nobody.
3: Right.
0: <laughs>
4: so, yeah. And I like it that
2: way. But This
0: comes back to a really peculiar gender dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, which I mean, this is like such a dead horse to beat in academic circles to talk about the sexual double mm-hmm. standard, right? Like Absolutely. if you're a boy and you're having sex, you're a stud. And if you're a girl, you're having sex, you're a slut. Mm-hmm. But we're way more freaked out about this. we will notice in the conversations we're having about the women. Right. We don't want to let these female characters have sexual agency on autonomy and Mm -hmm. You know, in Game of Thrones, it's so interesting because Arya's character arc is one of, like, continuously claiming autonomy, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas Sansa's character arc is of having to claw it back after being sold off by the patriarchy in the most horrific Mm -hmm. ways multiple times. Mm -hmm. Over and over
2: again. Over and over over
0: again. again, Right? Mm -hmm. have lots of things to say about George R.R. Martin and the particular (laughs) politics of Westeros. I will save that for another time if you guys want me back. But I'm,
2: um, I'm sure we can get hannah to revisit a yeah, show on game I'm of thrones sure <laughs> this, 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 that will not be hard yes uh, we've done a recap of just one, the last season but i'm sure we can get her to do a hey let's talk game of thrones and why it's all fucked up yeah, so, I, happily I, I,
0: <laughs> great uh let me know anyway um <laughs> back back to these actors, right? Like Mm -hmm. when we're watching sex scenes on screen, right? (laughs) That is what we call again, big academic word, scopophilia, right? Pleasure in looking, looking, Mm -hmm. right? And there's an erotic charge to that. But even though we do eroticize children and adolescents, we don't like to admit that we do.
2: Oh no. We pretend we don't.
0: Pretend that we don't. And if you want and we perform outrage
2: when it happens,
0: you want the (laughs) academic geek on this. Go read James Kincaid. But Mm -hmm. um, basically, like if we're watching these actual teenage bodies doing this, we can't get the same scopophilic pleasure, even if it's realistic. What we did as teenagers mm-hmm. can't get the same stop of physical pleasure because we know that we are supposed to keep sexuality away from childish bodies, regardless of what those childish bodies or teenage bodies feel about their own sexuality. Mm-hmm. Right. We are allowed, we are encouraged. In the Riverdale cast, mm-hmm. right? in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer cast, in
2: 90210, 90210
0: um, right? Mm-hmm. Which, and of course, this is all also deeply tied into a narrative about race and class that we also often don't look at.
2: Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I mean, they're all, yeah, because it, all it is rare to have a sexy teenager show about poor kids.
0: I can't yeah. think of one. Yeah. And,
2: there's, and um, like, well, Riverdale. So Riverdale is weird in that one of the major subplots is there's the wrong side of the track kids and the and there's the South Side kids and then there's the Riverdale kids. So. Half the kids are poor, but there are very rich kids on Riverdale. Yeah. So I have not it's not so enough of the yeah, show to yeah, have gotten to that. Yeah, there are, yeah it's weird, they, but it's they rare. Play up some
3: of that class stuff, but it, it, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's certainly not a focus.
2: No, not at all. Most of them are, and you spend most of the time in the rich part of town. Right. But by far. So
0: here's a historical context that I want to give us for a moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. The term adolescent wasn't coined until the beginning of the 20th century. Yes. Mm-hmm. A guy named G. Stanley Hall, who actually yeah. did most of his work on geriatrics but he was interested in mm-hmm. aging. He was the one who term who coined the term adolescent and he wanted to use it to describe this in-between space developmentally, mm-hmm. psychologically, between childhood and adulthood. Mm-hmm. Okay?
4: And teenager
2: doesn't come about until, the, until even later. Teenagers like in
0: 1940, 19- 1941.
2: 40, yes. And
0: it was specifically here's the important <laughs> thing. It was specifically advertising. an advertising term.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: And it was referring to teenagers. Referring,
3: 1941, the year after Archie premiered in comics, by the way. Yes. So yeah, yeah, it wasn't. They well, they didn't
2: exist. So I I mean, yeah, teenagers did not exist. Yeah, well, yeah. it, it, it well, actually and,
3: comes out Yeah, we've we've talked about that in connection with the comics that Archie is one of the things that defined the term teenager. Mm-hmm. So teenager just, as a was a
0: marketing term. -hmm. By marketing agencies to describe a demographic of kids who were still in school, who were putting off adulthood, who were not in the workforce, who had spending money. Mm -hmm. And who were those kids in 1941? They sure as hell weren't black and brown.
2: Nope. They were rich kids who had cars.
0: They were rich kids who had cars. They were the Bobby Soxers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bobby Sockers. (laughs) I can't figure out how to.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure how to pluralize that. Yeah. I've never actually thought anyway, about that.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we continue to hold, we we conflate the adolescent and the capitalist teenager mm-hmm. versions. Like we use those words interchangeably mm-hmm. now, but they have really different etymological histories. Mm-hmm. And we continue to hold that space. You can see this really, really clearly, for example, in the juvenile justice system or the murder of Tamir mm-hmm. Rice. We hold that space sacred mm-hmm. for white kids. And not mm. for black and brown kids. And you yeah. might have the Josie right on Riverdale, mm-hmm. but she's still the token character.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and, they, and, and they've dealt with it. I mean, it, it, they've yeah. gotten better about it. it. It is a problem, though. It's a problem that you sort of. I mean, a show like Riverdale, as campy as it is, they're really, really trying to deal with issues of diversity. Like yeah. They've but but like they can only do it through tokenization. So you've got here are the gay kids here are the black kids here are the poor mm-hmm. kids and there and there's a lot of that to where it seems it's almost artificial to the expect to the extent that they're trying because mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna do an episode about how hard it is to be black <laughs> you know yeah, you know, like that that's like a thing that happens and and i don't you know i it, it gets weirdly conflated with you know um one of the things that i've said that i said in the in the In the call for comments, is one of the reasons we like these teen shows, I think, is because it lets us explore all of these sexual elements. So, scopophilia is the, as Carolyn said, that's the term that we would use academic. It lets you have the pleasure in looking and not have to deal with any. Of the grown up shit that comes with actually watching grown ups, right? Um, the problem with watching soaps, real, you know, like regular daytime soap operas is everybody has to be a doctor because we really don't want to deal with how are people paying their rent. It is a, yeah. a lot. That is a lot mm-hmm. of work, takes up a lot of time. So teenagers don't have that problem. For the most part, teenagers are just like, I don't know, if their parents work. Let's, st- let's stay on this romance stuff. And you can sort of you can just sort of as a writer, you can just put all of that off. And unless it's part of the plot, unless you're doing a storyline about, you know, here's a kid who's trying to save up for college. You know, you can do stuff like that. But for the most part, you can ignore all these financial issues. You can ignore all the responsibilities. Oh, we haven't dealt with them going to work in several days. We don't have to worry about. Um, you know, health insurance or any of these things—you can do <laughs> all that. But then there's also the problem of of phobia. We are so afraid of teenage sexuality because. We decided the teenagers were children, you know, you know, in their like you said, their adolescence is an in between space. Right. We want to treat them like adults, except for when it becomes uncomfortable for us.
0: Right. So there's this real difference in our the way we talk about teenagers when we talk about teenagers as being imperiled, in which case we want to infantilize them. We want to make mm-hmm. them more cute in need of protection, etc. cetera. This comes, this ties very much back into concern about sexuality, keeping sexuality away from them, keeping them innocent, right? Um, Or like, oh, worrying about the effects of neighborhood violence on them, for example, versus seeing the teenager as dangerous, as a peril, as a threat to society, right? And there's this really noticeable split in the public discourse there's like no in between for teenagers they are <laughs> imperiled or they are the peril
2: yes and, hmm. and there's seduction of the innocent
0: yeah and there's mm-hmm. there's like no no recognition of both things and and um and, and we see in these cultural texts that are consumed by teen- teens and adults, which is most of TV, right? You see a lot more of the teens in peril, where right? we have this mm-hmm. uneasy push-pull with the sexuality. In these texts that are, like, much more directed to adults, you see a lot more of the teenager as peril, where, like, the history of that in pop culture sort of starts with James Dean and Rebel Without a Cause. Mm-hmm. And then you can sort of seeing it come up to the present moment with um, We Need to Talk About Kevin, right? Which is the Mm-hmm. swinton um i'm blanking on the name of the really brilliant actor who plays her psychopathic son um but that's like all about this fear that like the teenager is going to screw up everything
2: mm-hmm. we are afraid of teenagers uh, we are afraid of teenagers killing us basically we're afraid of their sexuality but teenagers are essentially stronger and faster and younger than us. So so like they could take out the adults. And that's that is a real fear. They're not, you know, we oh well they're not as well developed, which is true. But there but there's a there is also a a fear of just how do you stop them? That's what that's what we're without, without a cause is, right? if the teenager decides that he doesn't want to listen, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. You know, you just, you just fear.
0: Well, so, he, so the other side of that coin, right? is this thing that you were saying about like, oh, it's really easy to write these fun dramas and soaps about teens. Cause we don't have to worry about them having a real responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right. We don't have to tell the story of how do they pay the rent mm-hmm. the Flip side of that. So we envy that as adults. We're like, God, don't you wish when you didn't have to pay the rent. And then you actually think as Colin said at, like oh god i'm so glad i'm not 17 or 18 anymore that sucked yeah um (laughs) but the thing is is that like teenagers aren't fully bought into the system yet Mm -hmm. so they could decide to change it Mm. they could change it in a way that fucks it up for the adults who are already (laughs) invested in the system as it is
3: those (laughs) moments yeah No, that is it. No, that's
2: part of what it is. Um, I I wanted to, before we run out of time, I want to touch on one other thing, too, though. So we've talked about shows like our Stranger Things or or Full House, where we're casting real teenagers, Saved by the Bell, where we're casting real teenagers. And we've got the shows, you know, the more adult shows where you do your Riverdale, your 90210, your Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, Dawson's Creek. And I think there's some merit to or to to what Carolyn's saying. But then I wonder, what do you do in a weird hybrid, hybridization? So, Josie, the actress who plays Josie, is older than the other actors. Gabrielle Cartier, who played Andrea on 9020, is older than the other actors. Um, But not, it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't that much of a split. The weird one is that 70s show. Where all the characters were playing 15, 14, 15 years old and they were all actually 18 through 20 when it started, except Mila Kunis, who lied about her age to get the part and was actually 14 years old on the show. Because I think there's a weird thing when you look at like the sweat Hogs and the Stranger Things kids and the Riverdale kids, their characters are all the same age, but you can tell that the kids from Stranger Things are actually younger than the adults who are playing kids on, on the other things. But what do you do in a situation where you have that 70s show where the character of Kelso and the character of Jackie are in a relationship and they're both supposed to be 15 and then you look at them? And she's mm-hmm. clearly much younger than he is. Now in real life, they're, you know, they're, they're six, he's six years older than she is and they got married eventually in real life. But on the show, you had scenes where, you know, these characters who are supposed to be 14, 15 years old are sneaking off to go have sex and. Once you're keenly aware that you know she is really fourteen and he is really twenty, there's some weirdness to that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it, it is, I mean, it's bizarre. I it shouldn't like I be.
1: Never really noticed an age difference when watching it, though. Like knowing their age and now seeing it, like yes, that's weird because now we mm-hmm. think about like everything that goes into that. Um, the age difference, obviously. Like, what about the consent form? Like, how did that process go? But when just watching it, I thought they looked the same age, and that's just my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it comes like what I've been mean, casting is key. Like making sure that everyone looks around the same age or type. And mm-hmm. then when it comes to costumes, um, making sure that, you know, they're dressing the same or they have, for example, like Mila Kunis, like still having her maybe look a little bit old, older with her makeup or the way that she dresses. And she was definitely with her character, you know, dressing more scandals, uh, scandalously. So mm-hmm. she would look older. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. process that, that she was younger when that show was on. Really? Um, OK. Yeah,
2: it, it, it was obvious to me. I didn't know how much younger she was till later. I knew she was clearly I knew she was clearly not. It was more than I thought he was older.
3: Yeah, I, I would have. Guessed she was, she, I would have guessed she was the youngest member of the cast. But I, yes. I don't I didn't process that she was 14 or whatever.
2: Yeah, she was legit 14 and he was legit 20,
3: <laughs> which. Well, and, and, and I have to bring this up. I mentioned this in one of the, the comments that, you know, in a different film industry, that has a lot more X's in it. Um <laughs> Tracy Lords Tracy Lords uh mm-hmm. which you know she she was the hottest porn star of the early 80s and then it was revealed that she was 16 when she started Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she she lied about it and nobody mm-hmm. checked and <laughs> she,
2: had she had a fake ID she she, she yeah. used Dave because porn stars are using fake names anyway so she used yeah. she used the driver's license of the sister of a friend of hers that she'd stolen as her real name mm-hmm. and then used a fake name anyway and that was you know that was the closest anybody could do to you know to what were they had to do Go and, on the and, internet and, 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 there, and there wasn't and one
3: pe- and people went to jail Mm -hmm. She she didn't. Uh, She went on and had a career and worked with Johnny Depp. And, you know, um, (laughs) so uh, but I just it's interesting. I I, I don't even know why I bring this up other than just as a point of contrast of, you know, when you have teenagers working in actual pornography, there are consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have them, you know, kissing someone older for that 70s show. okay.
0: so I never watched. I don't think I've ever watched a, a single episode of that 70s show I also think that here's a place where genre matters.
4: Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm.
0: there are genres where those kinds of casting decisions are going to be more or less comfortable or uncomfortable for the viewer. And a sitcom, We don't, we don't take anything about a sitcom seriously, right? Like it's really, Mm -hmm. really hard to get people to engage in cultural analysis of sitcoms because the comedy, the laughter format Mm -hmm. get in the way so much for
3: people. Mm -hmm. Something's designed to be funny. It's hard to take seriously.
0: Something's designed to be funny. It's hard to take seriously, even if the subject matter is very serious or even if we ought to be critiquing that subject matter. You know, uh, Laura Mulvey famously said, pleasure destroys or analysis destroys pleasure. And (laughs) particularly when we're going to a sitcom for that very particular kind of pleasure, there's a lot of like internal resistance analyzing it mm-hmm. so so i think that's different than in something that's like edging on the horror genre like stranger things or something that's overtly drawing from the adult world of the soap opera like riverdale
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe that's why they do that right like you you comedy gives you an out of ha, it's just a joke <laughs> we can right. talk about because uh, because for all of what that 70s show was, I mean, the character of Jackie is very intentionally a slut. And I mean that in a good way. Like that's that's what she's there for. She is a hyper sexually active 14 year old, which, you know, I think none of the none of the characters on Stranger Things are that. And I think right. it would be harder to get away with Um yes. if you do modern family. You know, you had. um one of the daughters was a nerd and the other daughter was a uber sexualized 15, 16. I mean, eventually 20, you know, the show goes on forever. So she's in her twenties when it finishes, but she is highly sexualized as well. And I think that you get away with that in a way that, you know, game of Thrones and the books,
3: they're all, they're all 13, yeah. 14, 15. So they, so they, yeah, I think Arya is nine when the first book starts.
2: Right. And they aged everybody up because it, it somehow was less creepy on te- i mean, on television than it was. I, I talked about the book, um, a book that no one's read, and I don't think anybody's seen the movie. And this is one of those times where I think the movie is actually better than the book. The books—they're kind of, interesting though. There's, there's a book called *Men, Women, and Children* that I very much enjoyed, but it is—it's a book that contrasts the sex lives of junior high school students with their parents. So all of the characters are either you know 1213 or 3540 that's those are the two groups of and you and you sort of compare them a lot and what's going on and it is extremely frank about um about sexuality and also very clinical like they never they never say cock it's always penis like it's always very um the characters do but the descriptions of the book are extremely cold and clinical clearly on purpose but you do have eighth graders having sex in the book that's what it's about there are some there are some very sexually aware eighth graders and also some very sexually aware 40 year olds but who cares right um and then, i mean that's right, right i mean who cares about the four years but people were very concerned about that so when they made the movie which again, the movie is actually much better than the book, with the exception of some very weird things where they felt uncomfortable. And they probably, like, I'm sure they would have had a hard time finding actors that they felt comfortable with who looked 12 and doing like love scenes with them. Yeah. Um, so they aged everybody up and they made the book, they made the, the characters all 15, 16. And it's fine. You know, you can still sort of do it. You can you can certainly do stories about a 15 year old or a 16 year old trying to decide if it's time to lose her virginity. That's fine. But then there's other weird parts where, you know, the the thing pl- takes place in like the year 2000, 2014, 2015. And, you know, you have 15 year old girls. Like, sort of not understanding how periods work and you're like you should know this yeah. <laughs> you know this should not be a mystery to you, the you internet, know, the because they didn't change all the dialogue
0: but just like again to like okay i want us to recognize that the way we treat adolescents in these cultural texts mm-hmm. is so different from how we treat adolescents in real life mm-hmm. um yeah. i taught recently in the last few years, a mm-hmm. Catholic university, which will remain unnamed for the future's of the hope of me ever getting <laughs> employed again, um, <laughs> adjunct life man. Uh, mm-hmm. But I moderated a talk back after the university production that year of the vagina monologues. Mm-hmm. And the history of the vagina monologues on this campus is fascinating. In the first years that they did it, you could only get a ticket if you were a family member of a cast member and they had police campus wow. security, wow. not let anybody else in. And so like over, I think 15 years on this campus, it has now become a thing that like anybody on campus can buy a ticket to, but cast members in that show Talked about getting their periods,
4: mm-hmm.
0: not having any idea what was happening to them. One of them got her period in church, mm-hmm. and you you know we read these like Judy Bloom stories from the fifties. Are you there, Goddess? Exactly, yeah. and people are yeah, like, "Oh my God, am I dying?" that is still happening to young women okay. in that's, America that's who are white and upper middle class in mm-hmm. the 21st because, century.
3: be pe- People mm-hmm. because adults don't want to address the possible sexuality.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That's fair enough. I mean, that's, yep. that's like a real it's a real thing that happens. Parenthetically, I just want to say that thanks to my friend Google, I found out that Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa, was 14 when Game of Thrones started filming, and Maisie Williams, who plays Aria, was 12. So they were quite young.
2: When it started, yes. When it yeah. started,
0: right? Mm-hmm. And that that was interesting to me because it was in keeping the way that I think we ought to read Game of Thrones the George R. R. Martin text as a critique of our sort of like romanticization of the medieval period. Right. Because mm-hmm. girls at 12 mm-hmm. and 14 in the medieval period were of course, routinely child brides. Yes. So again, I think there's a lot more to say there about Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Shut
4: myself. laughs> it comes up a lot. <laughs> and,
3: and, and, and parenthetically before we draw this to a close, uh, if you do go watch that 70s show, the character of Hyde is what I looked like in 1979. So. He he looks a little older than me but just in gender. Um and on that note I think we'll resolve nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well uh, big
2: surprise. <laughs> it is an interesting conversation though. i I've, just, I've yeah, enjoyed this. Good. I mean, I think there's all I mean, I think like so many of our shows there's a lot more that we can go into we we're sort of all over the place but I, that's what we do I, I don't know that you know this show's not about answers this show's about questions yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what we do here and i and i and i do think it's interesting and i i think that I, I think that what we've resolved is much like we we frequently do you watch these things and you sort of try to think deeper about them and not just take for granted that Oh yeah, I'm just watching a show about a 14-year-old having sex. Or oh no, I'm watching a show about a 14-year-old having sex. There's a lot more to it than that. You know, there's a, you know, do you you, you work it out and you think what does this really have to say? Or a 17 or 18-year-old, which brings me to uh, where can people find it about your movie? <laughs> Jessica Collins.
1: Yeah, on Instagram, Escaping Ohio Film, or also Facebook, Escaping Ohio Film.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else you want to plug?
1: Um, No. Follow <laughs> along there and find out more. We'll keep yeah, check in. it out.
2: Yeah, yeah. Best wish uh, you check check it. It. that's what you're That's great. Uh, how far into it? I mean, I, I assume it's sort of a little hard to film right now because... You know the world's on fire.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Just a little. yeah no, we uh, have a very small casting crew, and we're doing a lot of doubling of positions. So we're going to be filming that first week of October. We have Mm -hmm. lots of precautions, quarantine, um, making sure everyone's safe. Uh, But yeah, no one like no more than ten people on set at a time, um, except for one scene, which we have tons and tons of precautions. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, and
2: then you're gonna shop it around to film festivals and stuff.
1: Yeah, come next year, um, because it seems like film festivals are still doing online things or postponing. So um, it'll give us till the rest of the year to do post production and get that in good shape to go around Film Fest next year. And we'll see where it goes from there. Maybe there's a future in the works. Don't look too old.
6: (laughs) Well, we'll find out when we're on camera. Fingers
1: crossed. (laughs) I
6: I look forward to it. We, we, uh, I mean, these are the kinds of things
2: that exactly, again, if you're looking for an audience of 40 to 50 year old men, you know, this is like, like -hmm. this is exactly (laughs) up me my, my and Wayne's alley. This is what Uh, I can't tell you. Yeah. I can't tell you about like, actual teenagers who but you know 40 but but for me i'm like oh 17 year olds wanting to get out of ohio this sounds great (laughs) that was (laughs) perfect that was me i mean
1: i think it speaks to a lot of like what adults think like even though they're 18 year old characters i think it speaks more to adults because we look back and think like what if you know this happened or what if that and that's kind of where this story is is like the what ifs Mm -hmm. and you know, like teenagers in real life aren't thinking about that. They're too busy, you know, partying or having sex or doing whatever the fuck teenagers do. But, you know, it's adults who kind of get more, you know, uh, analyze that time of their life. And so I think that having the character that, you know, are going through that and thinking those things that adults think is why it, you know, appeals to that age or like why someone our age, not that they were too old, but, you know, that's why teenagers would not be playing that age. that character did that all make sense
6: (laughs) yeah no definitely i mean coming off of that yeah i think like teenagers spend way too much of their time focused on their futures whereas then we get a little bit older and jaded and we spend too much time thinking about our past and how we could have made different decisions yeah
1: that's where this, this that's where this film sits is in between those two worlds
2: definitely interesting definitely looking forward to that film Um, I hope you guys let us know when it's ready yes please do (laughs) Mm -hmm. Carolyn where where can people find out about your work
0: Uh, I have exactly one published article ever uh, in a book called Lost and Other Children in Contemporary Cinema Um, Mm -hmm. mostly I am living the adjunct life and teaching a lot of classes I'm mostly at Suffolk University in the Boston area and uh, parenting a short person and um, (laughs) and uh, we got a pandemic puppy so So I'm you know, I'm I'm hard to find like you don't get a lot of Google hits on me, Uh, (laughs) but uh, I do love it when people come and ask me questions about young adult books or teenagers in theater or science fiction and fantasy. So, you know, strike up a conversation.
2: (laughs) Well, we we do that sort of thing here all the time, so (laughs) feel free to come back. All three of you feel free to come back. This has been a great conversation. Thank you everyone sure thank you thank you so much for having us
3: yeah no absolutely wayne where can people find you i'm actually gonna hype something i've hyped it on here before but it's thematically appropriate Uh, this makes no sense you are not hyping something you don't have a plug
2: there's no plugs from you that's the whole joke
3: (laughs) (laughs) my first novel king of summer is available on amazon um it's about a whole bunch of 12 13 year olds doing stranger things kind of Things, uh, which I wrote a long time before Stranger Things. But uh, there are some definite similarities. Um, and and some of those 12, 13 year olds are sexually active. So there you go. Look me up on him. Tastefully sexually active in my book. Uh, so, <laughs> um, implied sexually active in my book. So, mm-hmm. so, so there's that.
2: All right. And let's see. I guess I have to do mine. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, all the places, always at Chris Maverick. You can follow my blog at www.chrismaverick.com You can follow the show on all of social media, all the places at Vox Popcast or the show's blog at www.voxpopcast.com where we talk about what we're going to be talking about next week. I'm actually really looking forward to next week's show. So you go there, you see the call for comments, and give us your thoughts so that we can include them in our research and in our conversations. If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do because otherwise why have you been listening this long please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever else you get podcasts from and do us a favor leave us a five star review especially on iTunes Apple Podcasts. that helps other people find the show especially if you not only leave us a five star review but you leave us a five star review and write a review write a little something something makes us feel happy and moves us up the iTunes rankings so that we can be more popular so that we can tip out Jess and Colin's movie and help them become famous so that we can invite Carolyn back so that she can help us analyze it so that she can get a job and I can get a job and the world is happy and it's a better place, (laughs) you know, and it, Probably helps you somehow, but you know, helps us. Um, in the meantime, also do us a favor, click the link in the show notes and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We definitely need to need more subscribers on YouTube so that we can unlock bonuses there and subscribe to us, like the videos, help other, you know, help us become more famous because it also does all the things that I just said about liking and subscribing to us on iTunes. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thought4 Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically. And playing us out. I'd like to thank you at home for listening. Once again, thank you to all of our guests, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: Prettier
4: than